Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The moo cows are upon us. The spaceship has arrived. The community na- radio network is with us. Construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind, poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, Anarchist Woolless Week, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Now, this program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano, and I'm hosting today's program. If during the course of the program you called away, don't despair. It's said before the program is podcast. If you wonder what Alec is all about, Alec Society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and use for the common good. It's about creating a society without rulers and how you do that, how do you do create a society without rulers and not without rules is by giving everybody the chance to be involved in the decision-making processes, a.k.a. direct democracy or a different uh, type of consensual politics and ensuring the Commonwealth is used for the common good. Very simple things. All right, look, we've got a few little things we want to discuss today, but as I keep telling you, it doesn't matter how erudite and funny we are. It doesn't matter how cutting or boring we are. Whether change occurs is up to you. Not up to me. It's up to you, because while we remain on the periphery, on the margins, screaming at the net, kicking the TV in, nothing will ever change. So we'll start off with climate change. Now, I do know there are people who still think it's a furphy. But I'll go through... But um, I'd just like to make a few comments because it's very interesting with the uh, conference coming, the international conference coming over up regarding CO2 emissions. It's very interesting. So just a few unpalatable facts. Do you know that we are... That's Australia, me and you. We are the 13th largest carbon dioxide emitter on planet Earth. 0.65 billion tonnes of CO2 emissions every year. Now, at my last count, I think there were about 215 nation states and many have got much larger populations than us. And we find ourselves 13th in the rankings. And then if you take it a little bit 
step closer to home regarding CO2 emissions, do you know we are first? Gold, gold, gold. All those of you who have been the, following the swimming in Russia would be excited to know that per capita, per capita, that's per individual, on the good ship Australis in the land down under, that we have won gold for CO2 emissions, 28.5 tonnes of CO2 emissions per human being on Terra Australis, including Tasmania. That's right. Isn't that wonderful to be good at something? So eat your heart out, the rest of the world. Now, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, there's still a small resistant group of people who think that climate change is just part of the normal variations and that what we are seeing is just, you know, about solar flares and all that little business, which is which is interesting, which is interesting. But I just want to talk to you about the Joe Toscana, that's right, theory of climate change, because I don't actually look at the... You know, the scientific evidence, well, I do glance at it. It's all very interesting. But I just like to look at it in this way, and this is, I think, the way people should think about it. If I got a lovely little glass dome, and in this glass dome I had little animals and plants, and Adam and Eve fashion there were two little mice and lots of plants and water, and these two little mice did what mice tend to do. When we were under a glass dome, you'll find that as the population increases, that the number of mice under the glass dome have an impact on the atmosphere. Now, planet Earth is very similar. Very similar. You've got planet Earth, you've got a stratosphere. That's our glass dome. We are under this little thin stratosphere. And as the number of human beings increase, and as the number of animals that we domesticate for our own purposes increase, and as the things we do to make our life comfortable and keep the capitalist economy chugging over continue, CO2 emissions increase and have an impact on the stratosphere and the atmosphere. Bingo. Climate change, class 101. And as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or the postmodern apocalypse, go from a canter to a gallop, and who are the four horsemen of the postmodern apocalypse? Increasing population growth on planet Earth. Unless we build a fleet of spaceships to denude and destroy another planet light years away, it's an issue. Finite resources. It doesn't matter how clever, how clever our scientists are. And there are a lot of clever people out there doing lots of clever things. We have a finite amount of resources. And this finite amount of resources is being eaten up every day as I speak. Another tonne of coal, another kilo of uranium, 
another tonne of bauxite's been gobbled up. So we have finite resources. We haven't got a magic pudding, although we've got some very fancy scientists. We haven't got a magic pudding, so you've got finite resources. Then you have the 21st century phenomenon of corporate capitalism. The world economy is now dominated by corporate capitalism, an economic system which is based on one principle, creating ever-increasing profits for corporations' major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental, cultural, national costs to the community. That's the third horse. And then last but not least is increasing CO2 emissions, which are beginning to have an impact on climate, which is an impact on us. So here we are, under our little dome, under our little stratosphere, and if we are not willing to make radical changes, we may find ourselves doing planet Earth a great favour and joining the dinosaurs. It's that simple. So I was very interested to hear Mr Rabbit and the Liberal National Party Coalition talk about what we are going to do to decrease greenhouse emissions. And Mr Rabbit, as he's want, talked about jobs and growth. Jobs and growth. I'm thinking to myself, jobs and growth? This is a man who has made an art of destroying Australian jobs, whether it's... Uh, car manufacturing, submarine manufacturing, introducing four, five, seven visas for basic, uh, you know, semi-skilled work, and the list goes on. This is a man who's destroyed more jobs than anybody in this country over the last decade, who now says that climate change is all about jobs and growth. Well, if you're involved in renewable energy, you create more jobs. You create more growth. So, big issue. Number one issue. Number one issue on planet Earth. Forget about Islamic State. Forget about, you know, what's going on. Number one issue, climate change, increasing CO2 emissions. People are beginning to get behind it. Governments are beginning to get behind it. People are beginning to realise that we do live in a glass dome and that if we do, don't do something, things will occur. So jobs and growth, obviously. There are many ways to get jobs and growth, many ways. You don't need to continue pushing the same tired, old line, the same tired, old manufacturing Issues, the same tied old corporate capitalism, jobs and growth. Think about it. Now, while we're talking about jobs and growth, there are a few things occurring uh, around the country because Australian workers seem to be beginning to wake up. And they've been waking up because, not because, you know, they feel a bit radical, but because they're getting sick and tired of being kicked in the teeth. Now, we've seen the MUA in Brisbane and Sydney become involved in a picket line, an industrial dispute regarding the dismissal of 97 of their members by text and email. I love that these days. That's the great thing about the new technology. 
You don't have to give somebody a little ticket and look them in the eye and say, you're fired. You just send them a text or an email and you put some security guards on the gate and make sure they don't come back. So there's that little dispute going on. And in Melbourne town, there's another little dispute going on where there is a picket at the Woolworths Liquid Distribution Centre at 40 to 58 Leaks Road in Laverton. And this is an unprotected action. This is a wildcat. Unprotected actions where workers working for Woolworths at their distribution, one of their distribution, major distribution networks in Melbourne, have had enough. Have had enough. They are sick and tired of Woolworths doing what they can to actually casualise the labour force, destroy the trade union. So we have unprotected action. There are hundreds of national union workers, NUW workers, striking. And they are calling for volunteers to help them on their community picket line. Because there are legislation in place in this country which makes the setting up of a picket line by workers a criminal offence. It is a criminal offence in this country to withdraw your labour outside an enterprise bargaining agreement period. And that's why the workers in Lavington in Melbourne, 40 to 58 Leaks, L-E-A-K-E-S Road, Lavington, need support regarding the community picket. This is not about wages. This is not about conditions. This is about a large unaccountable corporation whose major responsibilities to their major shareholders casualising their workforce in order to break any capacity of that workforce to act collectively to look after their own interests. And this is happening across the country. This is a country where it is a criminal offence to withdraw your labour outside an enterprise bargaining, approved enterprise bargaining agreement, period. This is a country where it is illegal, a criminal offence to strike outside an enterprise bargaining agreement, period. This is a country where it's a terrorist criminal offence where participants face up to 25 years in jail for being involved in an occupation. I'm not talking about North Korea. I'm talking about little old Australia. So remember, across the country, people are beginning to flex their muscles industrially because they've understood that you know, if you work up the right channels, get involved in protected action, usually nothing happens. And it's an issue across the country. And people are beginning to understand it's not the fault of the 457 visa person that's been brought out here to do our work. It's the fault of governments 
which have allowed unallowed, unaccountable corporations to dictate policies which allow tens of thousands of 457 work, visa workers to come in this country to do unskilled and semi-skilled work in order to put downward pressure on wages, in order to break what's left of the trade union movement, you know, all for the glory of the major shareholders of corporations in this country. That's the issue we face every day. Every day. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. West Papua and Rent Collective. Now, I haven't spoken about the West Papua and Rent Collective for some time because it's been chugging along nicely. Now, those of you who've got long memories may remember the West Papua and Rent Collective was set up 18 months ago in order to pay the rent for the West Papua Independence Movement who had an office outside of West Papua in Australia. This is the first office the West Papua Independence Movement has had around the globe. And it's courtesy of the 75 members of the Rent Collective. Now, this office, Unit 211-838 Collins Street in Docklands, was instrumental and pivotal in the capacity of West Papuan activists to organise their thrust into the Melanesian Spearhead Group. Not once in the 60-year history of the West Papuan Independence Movement has one international body ever recognised West Papuans' aspirations for independence from Indonesia. Not once. And at the Melanesian Spearhead Group meeting, which included the Solomon Islands, Fiji, Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea, which was held last month in the Solomon Islands, the West Papua Independence Movement achieved observer status of that group despite the Indonesian government spending $100 million giving aid, in inverted commas, trying to buy the people there to ensure that the West Papuan independence movement was left out in the dark. And the West Papuan office in Melbourne was instrumental and pivotal in their ability to organise the campaign that was required in order to achieve this recognition of observer status. So we're having a big celebration, big celebration on the 13th, Sunday the 13th of September at midday. Food, entertainment, speakers who went to the Solomon Islands to take part in that historic occasion. Huge celebrations and we invite all members of the Rent Collective and anybody else who's interested in the West Papua Independence Movement to come along. You don't have to ring anybody. Just turn up on the day, Sunday the 13th of September, midday. Bring along some food and drinks to add to the communal table. But unfortunately, like all good things, we have a problem. Now, 
Of the 75 original members of the West Papuan Independence Movement Rent Collective, we're down to 50. For a variety of reasons, people dying, people, uh, you know, finding they can't no longer support because their own personal financial issues, we need another 25 people in this country to join the West Papua, Independ- West Papua Independence Movement Rent Collective to ensure the rent is paid on their office in Docklands to free them up to continue the struggle around the globe for West Papua Independence. For the glorious sum of a dollar a day, $30 a month, $360 a year, you can be part of a radical initiative which can, will have profound implications for the people of West Papua. This is your chance to join the West Papuan Rent Collective because if we don't get the next, in the next six weeks, we don't get an extra new 25 members who are willing to donate $30 a month or $360 a year in one lump sum, the office will close by Christmas. It's that simple. No rent collective, no office. You can't expect a very small West Papuan independence movement based in Australia, most of whom are refugees, most of them are doing the best they can in order to survive in this country, to actually have the disposable income to pay rent of $2,250 a month for an office in Docklands, in Collins Street in Docklands. As I said before, this was an instrumental move which allowed the West Papua Independence Movement to organise, to ensure they achieved observer status in the Melanesian Spearhead Group. Now, I am asking, begging people to join the Rent Collective. And I can assure you, every cent that is donated goes to paying the rent. Not one cent of Rent Collective money goes to any other Issue. I can give a 100% guarantee because I am, as the coordinator of the Rent Collective, it is my responsibility to check the books on a regular basis. And I can assure you I do. And the books are open for anybody to look at, you know, if you're concerned where your money is going. So think about it. For the price of two pizzas a month, a packet of cigarettes a month, two Chinese meals takeaways a month, you can support the West Papuan independence movement. You can give these people the opportunity to use their skills, their knowledge to push and eventually achieve independence for the West Papuan people. So I think if you're interested in joining the Rent Collective, it's very simple. We'll send you out a sheet of paper It's got the banking details, Commonwealth Bank. You go into any Commonwealth Bank, put in your $30. You can do it anonymously in paying cash if you wish. You can do a money order. You can do a bank transfer. You can do an internet transfer into the account, whatever whatever suits you. And if you want to do it anonymously, you can. So we are looking, desperately looking for new members for the West Papuan Rent Collective. As I said, 18 months down the track, we're 25 members short, We need 75 people contributing $30 a month 
on a regular basis in order to pay the rent. So think about it. If you're interested, give me a call. 0439 395 489. Haven't got a phone? Got a pen and a stamp? Write to me. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me for details at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. If you're a member of the Rent Collective and you've you know, stopped donating, you're in a position to redonate, think about rejoining. This is the time. We're not talking about sheep stations. We're talking about, you know, a dollar a day. Not a huge investment in most people's eyes, especially, and if you want to see how your money's used, pop into the office, Unit 211, that's the second floor, 838 Collins Street, Docklands, outside the tram stop. You can get public transport down there. Have a look. If you want to try before you buy, come along to the celebrations on Sunday the 13th of September at midday. Have some food, look at the entertainment, listen to the speakers, see what's going on. Become part of a growing international movement that is supporting the concept of the West Papuan people having their own nation state and more importantly more importantly, using the resources, the extensive resources of West Papua for the benefit of the West Papuans, not for the benefit of their Indonesian masters in Jakarta. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on freecr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3 cr dot org dot au now i really like crony capitalism love it love it and i really love it when we see corruption on a massive scale not helicopter rides from melbourne to geelong and then the helicopter waits so you can go back to the races no no that's trivial stuff Now, if there is one man who's the master of corruption, it's the current Malaysian Prime Minister. He's having a little bit of trouble explaining how $1 billion of taxpayers' money in Malaysia has appeared in his personal bank account. No, not a million, a billion. That's what I love. That's what I love about it, crony capitalism. It's big money, huge money. It's a little bit like a lot of the overseas AIDS budget goes into the pockets, you know, of these criminals who are lauded over their people. Extraordinary. $1 billion. Now, if I got $1 billion in my personal account, I'd be asking some questions like, Oh, where did that come from? Do I have to give it back? Is it really mine? <laughs> Not the Malaysian Prime Minister. I mean, this is this is in this is a typical example of how corruption has become endemic in our society. 
how it's become such a significant and major issue. It is a major issue. Now, if you think, you know, we all talk about poor old Bromden Bishop, but this is extraordinary. A billion dollars of taxpayers' money appears in the Prime Minister's personal bank account. Just extraordinary. And if you've been to Malaysia recently, you'll understand this is not a nation that's is happy. Apart from corruption and nepotism, there's always, you know, this authoritarian government, quasi-dictatorship, masquerading as democracy, that is, is denuding, ripping off its own people in order to push their own personal barrier, where it's China or Russia, where the oligarchs rule, or Malaysia, or Australia, or anywhere else, corruption is becoming an increasingly important issue. It's become, and are those people who you know know about the Melbourne-based Wednesday Action Group? I mean, they've been calling for a royal commission to corruption in Victoria since 1999. No interest. It's a little bit funny, isn't it? We had all these weeks and weeks and weeks, I think it was three weeks of material regarding Bromland Bishop and her helicopter ride. And I understand our beloved Prime Minister, the Right Honourable Mr Abbott, launched an inquiry through the Finance Department into how our federal politicians have been using their allowances. We all thought, oh, this is nice. This is nice. We're going to find out what's going on. But guess what? I love this. This is wonderful. Guess what? The report which the Finance Department is going to uh, finally come up with, and again, you've got to remember the criteria are very limited. We don't even know the criteria. It will be given personally to the Prime Minister who will then decide what will be released in Parliament and what will be released in the public realm. Isn't that nice? The police investigating the police. Parliament investigating Parliament. Isn't it about time that some thought was given to the establishment of a federal parliamentary Corruption Commission because it seems that a lot, not all, but some of our representatives in Parliament have had their snout in the trough. And would it be nice if there was an independent body which could actually alert us to what was actually happening? And if our federal politicians knew that there was this independent body there that could investigate them, maybe they'd actually look at the rules before they rorted the system. Because the way things are now, you can rort the system till kingdom come and nothing is going to uh, change. But is there any debate about a federal body to oversee expenses of parliamentarians? No, of course not. Of course not. What do you think, they are mad? They would allow somebody to actually look outside of parliament to look at their financial expenses? 
really. Come on. So it's nice to know that Tony's going to keep the good ship Australia in line and he's going to have a look at this and decide what we should all know. Very good. Very good, you know. That's what I love about being an Australian. You know, I'm one of the biggest, tastiest mushrooms in the land. And there's a lot of us mushrooms out there because that's the way we've been treated. Kept in the dark, fertilised with shit, and then gobbled up. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. Now, you know, there is consternation, consternation in the land of the old dart in the United Kingdom. Consternation. It looks like there's a gentleman called Jeremy Corbyn may, may become the new leader of the Labor Party. So why is Jeremy Corbyn enemy number one? Enemy of the corporate sector. Enemy of the stock market. Enemy of the tabloid media. Because poor old Jeremy is raising the issue of public ownership for the 21st century. Now the corporate world thought that they had desiccated, dissected, buried cremated significant political figures who talked about public ownership of assets in order to provide an income to the state in order to provide services to the community. They thought they had won the battle. And in many regards, they have won the battle because there's public interest before corporate interest attempts to register as a political party and attempts to increase our membership we've come across a huge hurdle. And the hurdle in Australia is most Australians don't understand the concept of public interest. We have been so inculcated with corporate capitalism jargon in the mass media, on the World Wide Web, in our day-to-day discussions, that the concept of public realm, a public dimension to existence in this country doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. People don't seem to understand things like Medicare and public education are public assets. People don't seem to understand that when you privatise public assets is what you do is you remove any ability the ability of the public to actually get a fair go because it limits competition. So let's look at this concept of the public realm. The public realm isn't just a footpath so we can walk to work or walk to a shop to buy something. The public realm is what makes us a nation state it's what it's what makes us a community it's what keeps us together it's the glue that brings disparate individuals together and makes them part of a larger society i'll give you an analogy 
Now, those of you who use public transport may have noticed that it's getting worse and worse and worse in terms of space. So we can all act like a herd of individuals and keep elbowing each other on the next public transport uh, trip. Or we can actually work with the people around us and ensure that everybody and a few extras get on the train. That's the difference between public and private. When you're in the private sector, it's all about kicking, screaming, elbowing people out of your way, you know, grabbing, tearing, anything to make a buck. Anything to make a buck. No responsibility to those around you. When it comes to public, it's about making an accommodation with those around you to ensure that everybody shares in the Commonwealth. That we have a mechanism via which everybody obtains access to basic necessities, whether it's education, whether it's healthcare, whether it's housing, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's a job, whether it's private, whether it's security, and the list goes on and on. So that's what the public realm is. And public interest before corporate interest has been established to promote that concept, not just in terms of discussion, but in terms of real, live, political, social, cultural changes. It's about rehabilitating the concept of the public intellectual, the person who's actually able to speak on behalf of the community as a whole. It's about rehabilitating the concept of public housing to ensure that everybody has access to housing, one of the basic commodities you know that everybody needs access to. It's about ensuring that everybody has access to public education, that all the money that's squandered on private education from the public purse is to redirect it into public education. It's about public health. It's about to ensure that we don't see the destruction of Medicare by a government that think that's only the private enterprise that delivers the goodies. And around the country in the last four decades, we have seen the privatisation of everything that doesn't move and we are now suffering the consequences. That's what public interest before corporate interest was, was established for. That's why we were established. That's why we're here. And we need new members. We need new members. Currently we have three branches. Melbourne North, Pipsy Melbourne North, Pipsy Frankston, Pipsy Hastings. And if you want to get further information about their meetings, you can always get them on their website. But I do understand that um, Pipsy North meets at the Jika Jika Community Centre at the corner of Plant and Union Street in Northcote at 1pm on every second Sunday and they next meet on the 23rd of August. Pipsy Hastings meets weekly at Moose Cafe. Moose, I like that, Moose Cafe. 28 Victoria Street, Hastings. I was told this morning they've changed their meeting time from 2.30 to 2pm every Tuesday. Just pop along. They'll be there. There are over a dozen. I think there were a dozen people there last Tuesday or this Tuesday. Just gone. 
And Pibsey Frankston meets every fortnight at the Frankston Library, 60 Plain Street in Frankston, 5pm to 6pm every second Tuesday. The next meeting is on Tuesday, the 8th of August. And there is a significant Pibsey public meeting which will be held at 6pm, 6 to 8pm on Monday, the 14th of September at the Wheeler Centre, 176 Little Lonsdale Street, Melbourne. Welcome to Country will be by Torres Strait Islander Elder Alan Jose. Speakers include Joan Coxedge, Rod Quantock and Dr Joseph Toscana. Yours truly is the National Convener of Public Interest before Corporate Interests. The meeting has been organised by a Pipsy Foundation member, Richard Tate, who's the moderator on the evening. All welcome, doesn't cost a cent. Turn up, put it in your diary, 6 to 8pm, Monday the 4th of September. That's, that's, come along. Come along right now. So, interested in getting involved? Simple. Download an application for, from the website, pibci.net. Go to the website, find out what it's all about. Look at the um, second weekly updates. Go to the fo- Facebook page, Public interests before corporate interests. Public interests before corporate interests. Send us an email, info at pipsy.net. Info at pipsy.net. Haven't got an email machine? Don't worry. You can always write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Haven't got a stamp? Ring us on 0439 395 489. Leave a message. Leave us some contact details. I'll get back to you in the next few days. So there are alternatives out there. Maybe not as radical as you'd like, but at least we are organising people who have not joined political groupings before. This is, our, this is the possibility. This is our chance. This is the time. Now's the time. Now's the time to ring. Pipsy, right now. Right now. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. Let's move on. I don't want to bore you. Let's move on. Lost citizenship. Ah, Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice to know that if you're a dual citizen and you could be inadvertently a dual citizen. Did you know that? You could inadvertently be a dual citizen? You didn't know that, did you? That, uh, yeah, how do you mean inadvertently? Well, there are some nation states who don't like their citizens becoming other citizens and they retain their citizenship. Now, if you're a naughty person, and you don't actually just have to be fighting for IS, but you can be a really naughty person and who knows what you're doing. Public servants, including ASIO, will be able to build up a dossier and give it to the uh, Attorney General who will then make you a non-citizen. Bingo. No legal processes, no conviction, nothing. An administrative decision to strip somebody of citizenship so that they cannot return to this country. Isn't that extraordinary? No legal oversight, 
no conviction, no charge. Some faceless people think, well, this chappy or this chappess is not nice. We don't want these type of people here. And hey, bingo, you're a non-citizen. I mean, what are we getting to? What type of country are we becoming? I mean, citizenship is the essence of who you are. The very essence. And remember that you may be a dual citizen without knowing it. And that's the tragedy. You could find yourself going overseas on an Australian passport, not thinking you've got dual citizenship. Your country of origin or even your parents' country of origin has not stripped you of your citizenship and the Australian government can say, well, he or she's a dual national. We don't want them here. Bingo. Gone. Finished. Can't come back. End of story. Extraordinary. You would think that at least there'd be a judicial review of the minister's decision. No judicial review. Just happens. Ah, well, let's big. Let's go on. It's the anarchist world this week. Hey, I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, look, this could be part of a comedy routine, you know. Could be part of a comedy routine, but it's not. It's real. It's serious. We've got these clowns there, and they're not very good clowns, you know, running our lives. They can strip you of citizenship. They can jail you because you've got in, inadvertently got knowledge about a supposedly you know, terrorist threat. You know, you can be jailed for up to 14 days. I mean, it's just extraordinary. You know? They have, they have secret meetings and bingo. I mean, maybe they've gone to North Korea to learn a few things. That's the beauty. I mean, uh, that's the beauty of living in democracy. You know, you've got to strip your rights and liberties, strip your rights and liberties to protect your rights and liberties. I like that. I mean, I've got to, I've got to uh, euthanise you to ensure that you can enjoy your life. It's the same concept. It's just, just extraordinary, just extraordinary. It really is. I'm not making it up. This is real stuff. I haven't made up one piece today, not one piece. It's all real. And that's the tragedy, isn't it? It's real. And we fall for it. Now, let's move on. A, B, C. Now, I know a lot of people get offended when I talk about the gilded A, B, C, the government gilded A, B, C. Well, we've seen a few examples lately of how the government of the day attempts to gild and successfully gilds the A, B, C, a big knife. For example, Q&A. Q&A, the Prime Minister said, black and white, the Prime Minister said, black and white, that they would only allow ministers to appear on Q&A if Q&A was moved into the political division of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. You like that? The political division of the Australian Corporation. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. We'd have to move it to the political division. And guess what the ABC board did? Move it to the political division. Why do they do that? Because then we have what they call balance. That's right. 
balance. The opinions of people like you and me no longer count. We have a balance between the major political parties and the Greens thrown in occasionally. That's what we have. Balance. Isn't it wonderful how we have this balance on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation? The balance between Tweedledee and Tweedledum. The balance between the Liberal National Party and the Alternative Liberal Party masquerading as the Australian Labor Party. Every day we have balance. So uh, those of you who are Q&A devotees, just see how the balance works. All those extra people that have appeared lately, you're not going to see them again. Not part of the balance. We don't exist, do we? And then we've had an Avery BC review on their coverage and we're told there's not enough balance. We need balance between the climate sceptics and everybody else. 1% versus 99%. We need that balance. And we need balance. And it goes on and on. Now, those of you who think that our beloved Prime Minister, the Right Honourable Mr Tony Abbott, has changed his spots, think again, think again. Just think again. Because what we've seen over the past few years is how this man works. Look at the marriage equality debate which just occurred in the Liberal National Party. Look at the way it was manipulated in order to meet the aims of the Prime Minister. The Cardinal Pells of the world. Fascinating insight into how this political party works. Look at the way the climate change debate has been handled. Look at the way the solar industry and wind industry has been marginalised. Look at the way the discussion about tax reform has been sidelined. Look at all these ways because it raises serious questions about this government's addiction to secrecy, this government's addiction to manipulation. We are seeing people with 19th century concepts trying to become remain relevant in the 21st century, whether it's economics whether it's social issues like uh, marriage equality, whether it's corruption, whatever it is, we don't seem to be able, this government doesn't seem to be able to get it right. And the stumbling block is a huge number of people who've taken over the Liberal Party to push their conservative, neoliberal, culturally nihilistic 
agendas. So we don't have a Liberal Party anymore. What we have is a neoliberal party, which is all about deregulation, corporatisation, privatisation, globalisation. We've got this fascinating coalition of people with reactionary cultural and social attitudes and neoliberal policies who have come together, who have usurped the Liberals from the Liberal Party, who now dominate the Liberal Party. These are the groupers. As the Communist Party attempted to infiltrate unsuccessfully the Australian Labor Party in the 50s, we have seen the successful infiltration... That's right, the successful infiltration of the Liberal Party and the National Party by reactionary conservative elements who are using what was a Liberal Party, what was a country party, into a vehicle for their narrow ideological concerns. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3CR, .org.au The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at yahoo at net. You can leave messages on 0439395489 As I said before, the program is podcast. Send the, pro- send the podcast to your friends. Send the podcast to your enemies. All right? Send it now because I think it's important that uh, we uh, let people know the way some other Australians are thinking. If you're interested in public interest before corporate interest, look at their website, pipsy.net. Go to their Facebook page, public interest before corporate interest. Go to one of their public meetings. Get yourself involved. That's the key. The key to change is involvement. You know, whether it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, where you live, the key to change is involvement. So if there's nothing that you liked about what I said today, fine. Find a group, an organisation, another person who thinks in a similar manner, who wants radical, social, egalitarian change. Get involved. Get involved today because while we sit on our derriers, surfing the net, watching TV, playing with our little telephones, nothing will ever change. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on the Community Radio Network. As I said before, this program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week week evil minds that plot destruction sorcerer of death construction an analysis you'll never hear anywhere else anarchist world this week australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse 10am every wednesday Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their
wash my hands. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> 